in 3.19 of Ephesians, we live for a foundation this morning and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. In furtherance, we want to read Colossians and 2. Nine and ten. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power. Hallelujah. For those of us who have been around consistently, the Lord has been engaging us to know the erroneous views people have had of what his grace has been. So he explains to us what grace is not. And then through Apostle Paul, who was handed over this grace of God for onward transmission to the body of Christ as the last lap of the revealed word of God. The picture is painted for us to know what grace actually is. And in trying to work out this thing that he received, he brings to our consciousness that grace is a dispensation that had been a hidden mystery in God. But today, revealed to his saints. He even says to his holy apostles and prophets, and then he pushes forward the exposition of what he has received to the climax where he tells us that the completeness of grace, the fullness of grace, the most abounding nature of grace is where one gets filled with all the fullness of God. That is what grace is. 
It is not becoming an entity who sits somewhere, then some undeserved favor is thrown at you. Then you call that element the grace of God. He said the grace of God is much more, is bigger than our merited favor. The grace of God to the child of God of the new creation era is being filled with all the fullness of God. All of it, not some of it, not many of it, but all the fullness of God. That's what the grace of God is. A dispensation where the children of God become replete, containers of everything divine. So that the child of God now leaves the realm of the corporeal, leaves the realm of humanity, leaves the realm of the terrestrial into the realm of the celestial, where you function at a completely different level. So that new creation psalmist says that you have not run out of mercy, you have not run out of favor, you have not run out of so and so. Then he comes to say that you made me like you to live like you, to function like you and conquer like you, which is truth, consistent, with God's word. Born of the spirit, you are made like him. That is why you carry his image. The child of God now becomes the popular opinion of God to the people. That if the people would want to have an idea of what God is, you become that opinion. You are the popular opinion filled with the fullness of God. They want to talk about God. They just look at your life. And this is where the child of God is able to boldly say that something happened the day he touched me for me to know, for me to recognize, for me to understand that he touched me and made me whole. It is not ordinariness. It is being filled with the fullness of God. And this is a lot of grace. This is grace to the climax. That God takes himself. He takes off himself. He doesn't just give you his word. He doesn't just give you a bit of his power. He doesn't just give you some kind of his nature, but he brings himself. 
He said, utilize me to the fullest. So once upon a time, the apostle in his discourse says that the life that I now live in the flesh, I don't use my faith. I enter the account of the Son of God. I enter his account. And all the faith the Son of God has, that is what I live by. And when you don't bring yourself to practicalize this inclination, you'll be hearing it and leaving this consciousness to be like some rhyme of, of, of ministry, like some feel-good slogans. When you go to church, which I'm filled with the fullness of God, you say it and you go back home and be the same. The apostle says that the life that I now live in the flesh on daily basis, I exemplify, I manifest, I cause to happen the way I contract anything, business, whatever. I do it by the faith of the Son of God who loves me and gave, gave himself. What does it mean that the Son of Man gave himself to us? In trying to hammer home this orientation, the apostle, out of bowels of, of compassion, explains to the Colossian church that you don't know the kind of feeling, arguments I have for you. The way I engage for you, even in, in a struggle, in exchanges. Just on his way to making a point. He says, I want you to appreciate that I have not been ordinary around your lives. I've done so much. I've worked hard. I've struggled. I had to ward off all kinds of people who are trying to come on in with all kinds of things. Then out there, he goes, I had to say, I'm still about making a point. But run down to that point. I'm asking you to give cognizance to Jesus Christ. And by revelation who he is. Being the mystery of the Father, the mystery of God, and the mystery of Christ. Now I'm telling you, give cognizance to this. Because, I say this because, in the fourth verse he explains, I say this because, if you don't pay attention to this, men will beguile you with enticing words. People will come with a lot of oration and win your mind. Grab your head, as it were, of what you should know. This is why I'm asking you, wet yourselves into this. He moves on. 
and insist on the children of God enshrining continuity. Continuity. He, he wants to make a point. He said, of all that I'm saying and sharing about Christ, bring yourselves to the place that as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so also walk in him. I'm about to tell you something, but develop this orientation. Maintain this spirit that you continue in the very things that ye received. The way you received Christ. Don't let anybody move you to any place. Then he goes, goes ahead. Says that that will get you rooted and grounded and built and all of that. Then comes to say, I still want to make the point. But before I want to make the point, before I make the point, beware. Lest any man spoil you. That life outside the point I want to give you, life outside the fact I want to declare, that which I am bringing, if you live outside this life, men will spoil you. Can I submit to you that the devil and his cohorts have never met their lifetime even once for the good of anybody. That they went for their camp meeting and said, today we want to discuss how we can help Amma. Not once. Not once. Every day they meet, it is for distraction. This is why child of God a caution like this must be taken to heart with all seriousness. That any day they get together, if they meet in the morning, if they meet in the afternoon, if they meet in the evening, whenever they are meeting, their agenda is for somebody's destruction. That is why we will not stop cautioning the body of Christ that you cannot deal with a full-time devil with a part-time Christianity. You cannot. If you play around him, he will spoil you. 247, he's on the rise. Looking for whom? He may devour. If he's coming around you, he's only looking for you to destroy you. You cannot Serve the Lord. Commit yourself to the things that saves you. The things that help you. The things that builds you. The things that defends you. You cannot commit yourself to them partially. You know what it means to you in the gathering of saints. Then you say, I do it as I please. When relentlessly... If the devil is not in camp discussing your destruction, your spoiling, he's on the road and his people executing things schemed against you. These are all he does. If you find him in caucus, they are discussing. How can we do? What can we do? The Bible credits him with cunningness. 
subtlety. Always. It's sometimes therefore disheartening when we see he who it is that is meant to spoil us. And yet we listen to his counsel. Don't go. Sleep. Don't pray. Lie down. Don't read. It's okay. Don't say it that way. Tell the truth. No. He said beware in these things. Lest any man spoil you. Spoil you. You remember what Jesus told Apostle Peter? He said, hey, Peter, listen to me. I have seen that Satan desired to have you. And to sift you as wheat. He can never desire you to do you good. The only good, good one is our God. He is the only good, good one. As for him, to save to you, look at Apostle Peter and all that we gained from him in revelatory knowledge. Satan still wanted to have him and sift him as wheat. Do you know when it says sifted as wheat? He will make you less than paper in weight. That any wind can carry you away. Anything, any spell can deal with you. That is what I've seen of the devil. He said, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. Listen to them. Through philosophy and vain deceit. I've mentioned this thing that has erupted in many minds. That every day they are looking for some rhetorical rhymes. That will let them say, oh wow, wow. Ravi, there's been some revelation in there. Somebody coming to say things that are tingling to the ears. That if you are saying things that are not commonly said, and, and, and in ministry, you are touching on things that, as a word, those are the things that your ears go for. Philosophize to them. Try to explain, to work some ideas in the matter of, of aesthetic art and science. If you're talking the word and you're using expressions that browses into those arenas of discourses, they say, yes, this word is powerful. He said, that is just philosophy. They will spoil you. The hunger for dysfunctional knowledge, that is what he calls philosophy. Dysfunctional knowledge, piled up knowledge. That brings nothing to the fore. You talk and talk and talk. They talk and talk and talk like that. And yet it impacts nothing. It hits the head and it drops. This thing we have, he says that. It is not about a head knowledge, but a heart knowledge. 
So he says that let no man deceive you from the simplicity of this gospel. Jesus died and rose again. And he has come to live in you. And when he came, he did not come empty. Simple as that. What have you done with it? What have you done with it? So that you might require new revelations day by day. When the simple ones that are the mention of the name Jesus. Every knee shall bow. How much of the name have you mentioned? And how many knees have you seen bow in your presence? Because you picked the name Jesus. Beware. Vain deceit. After the tradition of men. After the rudiments of the word. And not after Christ. He said, I'm getting to my point. If we find time across the week, all these things he listed as things being used to spoil the child of God will look at it. So you can understand that it's not just hanging around. It's not just being around. But it's a mystery for me to unravel and commit myself to it. And he says that it must be after Christ. That whatsoever it is that you are engaging in your life, it must be after Christ. You should be able to agree with the psalmist and shout it. In the morning I have Christ. Mid-morning I have Christ. In noontime I have Christ. Late afternoon I have Christ. In the evening I have Christ. It is about Christ. It is about Christ. From Sunday to Sunday. It is all Christ. He said it must be after Christ. How saturated is your mind with Christ? If people are not recognizing you as a Christian, one that as of this lady go there and everything she tell you is Christ. As of that guy, take the conversation from anywhere it will end on Christ. If you are not so known, then you may be allowing some philosophy, some vain deceit, some tradition of men after the rudiments of this world to engage you and are Christ. Why should he be Christ? Why should he be Christ? Why should he be Christ? What is this thing about Christ? He comes then to explain that this is where I was heading for when I was cautioning you. When I was laboring on your behalf. This is where I'll be heading for. That. For in him. For in him. For in Christ. Jewelleth. For in Christ. The reason why it should be Christ. Is that if you pass anywhere. You may see carbon copies. Photocopies. Little droppings. Of things. About Christ. Camouflage of things. About divinity. But in Christ. But when you come to Christ. In him. 
Oh my, can I have somebody declare I'm in Christ? This is why, if any man therefore is in Christ, for in him, the reason why it should be Christ and Christ, the reason why it should be rising with Christ and sleeping with Christ, is that in him, jeweled all. Not a lot. Not many. But in Christ. Dwelleth. Absolute divinity. When you talk about what Christ carried people. Argue out. That yes. He's, he's in deity. And so when they are talking about him having divinity, it was his own deity that resided in him as an individual. But please get the picture clear. He said, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead. That when you put the entirety of the God ahead together, everything that makes them fall as the Godhead is what Christ carries. So then, when he was speaking in Ephesians, saying that ye may be filled with all the fullness of God, he was talking about how that. God had simplified himself in Christ and released Christ to come and be in us. You have Christ in you. All the fullness of the Godhead is in you. You have Christ in you. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Their fullness has come in you. No, don't look elsewhere. Look at me this morning. This thing must sit with us. Let a child of God declare it. I have God in me. If you want to know the medium. No, he's tried to explain and work it out for you to know how God has come in you. How you have been filled with everything divine. He's working this out. He said Jesus did not come around here for nothing. Jesus did not come around here. Your Christ did not come to walk on the face filled with God to himself. He didn't come to do that. That he will gain any credit as it were. That you come around and sing about him. That is why I tell you again that the child of God is not saved to spend the rest of his life living the legacy of Christ. Living the legacy of Christ. Singing about the works he came to do. That is not just it. There is a higher desire for God, of God for the child of God. There is a greater desire that you will understand 
that if Christ came here and carried God and could bring the dead to life, he could turn nature to respond to divinity. As it were, it was not for the fun of it. You are the next one walking on water. I wish there was a listener in church this morning. Come and walk on the water with me. Hey, come and walk on the water with me. You will not fail. You will not fail. Oh, come and walk on the water with me. Oh, come and walk on the water with me. That is an invitation from your Christ. Come and walk on the water with me. You will not fail. You will not fail. Hey, come and walk on the water with me. Anybody who can catch it, declare it. I'm next in line. I wish I heard from somebody who brought their own voice to church. Declare it. I'm next in line. I'm walking on water. I'm walking on water. Now, church, listen. There are a lot of waters in the spirit you have to walk on. Walking on water exemplifies treading on impossible places. Entering places where no nothing. It's not acceptable. Nature does not agree for you to be there. But by reason of the fullness divine that you carry, you enter those places. Mm. Can I have you declare, I'm walking on impossible grounds. Anybody ready for something? Mm. Anybody ready for something this morning? The world may call it dangerous grounds. But they are the terrain for what you carry. Dangerous things are happening in the environment. Join in. Declare it. I walk on dangerous grounds. I walk on dangerous grounds. And no harm. You're not talking like you're ready for some action. That house, they said there is an old witch there who is hurting everybody. You are entering those places. You are entering those places. We went for missions. And some of the missionaries didn't know the community. They entered the house of the greatest shrine in the neighborhood. And everybody in the community who saw them enter the shrine were like that. The fetish priest seated. This house is a house nobody comes. People don't enter unless you are coming to worship. Unless you are coming to offer. 
Why are these guys coming here? They enter in, walk straight to the fetish priest, greets him, and then one starts hitting him with a word. Hitting him with a word, hitting him with a word like that. The next time he saw <coughs> one of the missionaries just lifted the leg and an object there, boom, he put the feet on. Put the feet on an object sitting there. Then the people who were observing, hey, 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 not though it was one of the gods of the shrine. While two Nenaya Tam so bam. Declare it, I walk on water. Can I have somebody slip in that arena? It is a big thing's agenda. That Jesus came in you. Filled with all the fullness of the Godhead. It is not meant for you to be ordinary. So when we saw Jesus move about, walk about, doing all kinds of things as it were, he was only showing us. Can I have you stretch your two hands forward? Stretch your two hands wide. Stretch them so loud. And make that declaration. I multiply everything I touch. I am filled with all the fullness of God. Once I touch it, I multiply it. Once I touch it, I increase it. Once I hold it, it becomes expensive. For Christ is in me. Christ is in me. My life is not ordinary. My life is not ordinary. Christ is in me. Christ is in me. Christ is in me. Christ is in me. Drop your hands. Child of God, get this thing correct. When he was multiplying five loaves of bread and seven loaves of bread, he was showing you how to survive here, how to live here. He was telling you that when the time comes, and I paradido me, my life to you, that is how you're going to be living. Can I have you declare it? I don't stay in any victory for too long. Now turn at your neighbor. They may not grasp it, but declare it into their spirit. Don't keep long at Sakoth. Don't keep long at Sakoth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anybody who can understand it, shout it. More victories ahead. Get yourself to that place and understand that he taught you how to survive here. He said, when there comes a time and the storms of life come hitting, boom, 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 boom. You have to know how to handle it. I'll teach you. Put me in a boat. Let's sail. He said, when these things are happening, don't use natural effort. Don't use muscles. Don't use the tradition of men. Don't use the rudiments of this world. When these things happen, rise up and release. Don't invoke. Don't invoke. That will not be time 
to do your frawa yabro yabro yabro. He said, rise up and look at nature. Look at nature. I want to do this for sure. I want to do it for sure. That there comes a time when the child of God filled with all the fullness of God will have to start. And start with yourself. Where you now are able to talk to yourself over issues of life and then they get resolved. Then you're going then the tougher ones in your life you declare and they get dealt with. Then the power must be so much strong in you that it, it doesn't remain just with you. Talking about the details of things you know to yourself only. But now you are able to talk to other people. You are able to enter other people's lives. And then you push to them. You go to them and then you say in the name of Jesus. Then you check to see if the power is there. And it's working and working and working. Now it spreads across, across as, a, as a way. Then it must go to another level. It must go to another level. When nature, when nature must respond to you. They don't have breath like other human beings. But when you talk to them, they must listen to you. That's an, another level. Not only demons. Not only demons. But nature must understand you. Nature must respond to you. When you are able to tell the tree, be fruitful. And look at another tree and tell it, you are cursed. And they die. You'll be taking that which you carry in divinity to a higher level. We curse the tree. We got a revelation. That is the area where they meet in the night and scheme and plan all kinds of things. We say, you know what, well, we'll start with them slowly. This tree is cursed. No chainsaw was put to the tree. No medicine was applied to the tree. We just said, we curse you. Get out of this place. In a matter of weeks, everything dried. The tree is just in our neighborhood. People understand things and get things differently, so I wouldn't... I wouldn't give details curse you you will not remain here nobody no foul spirit will gather together on you or under you ever again in a matter of weeks every leaf dried and the branches started falling one after the other and they are down completely I bring you an announcement there is a higher level of the things that Jesus came to teach us and it lies in your power now Having been filled with all the fullness of God. That is why if they are spirits, as for them, they are the least of your worry. Every single word of yours shows them where they have to be. Every single declaration by you gets established as you say it. You cannot be in the same family. Can I tell you again that the Holy Ghost is not roommates with any foul spirit. That they share apartment. No! Can I have somebody shout the Spirit of God is in me? No, 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 no. You cannot be a habitation for any foul spirit. 
Mm, you cannot be possessed by any other thing. As you embrace this consciousness that they are in you. The Father, Son, and the Spirit in you. They in you is the confident conviction of glory to your life alone. That's all you know. That's all you know. It is in levels. He says that for in him, the Christ that has come in you, it is in the Christ that all the fullness of the Godhead bodily I believe I have to do this thing this morning and I'll do it. And then he goes on to take the lid off the bowl. What does it matter? If in him dwelleth all the fullness of God. He says it matters that ye, ye, ye are complete. Do you know what it means? He says that if Christ is in you, you don't lack anything else to be for. If Christ comes in you, there is absolutely no lack. You are fully full. You are fully full. And your mind must get this. In Christ. In Christ. In Christ. You are fully full. You are complete. You are complete in Christ. Everybody listen to me. The tradition of men and the rudiments of this world. The philosophy of men would always let you believe that when I make the next step, then I'll be complete to now start living. Now my job pays me 4000 5000 I'm, I'm working around things. I'm studying for a double master's degree. When I get a job that will pay 10000 then I'll be complete. $10,000. What will that mean? So I'll be complete. <clears throat> I've graduated from school. I've gotten some end of month job 
I get some coins every end of month. All I need is to have Will you marry me? Get somebody who will come and perform art. From that day, you see them do this, will you marry me? Do you ever see them doing that to you again the rest of your life? Warn to you if they come with art. You say yes. And he says in his head, Ochia, you will bow the rest of your days to me. Taking this one bow. And then you sit to believe after the tradition of men that it is only when I get that that I will be complete. When a lot of people, multitudes got it and they are praying, oh God, Will you bring a new Lord that will send me back to where I came from? That I'll go and remain in my lane. Just like that. With no trouble, with no disturbance. As a way. No, that is not what completes you. It's a great offer from God. But that is not what completes you. I'm praying the day she will say yes. Then everything will be complete. Because I would have had a sweeper in my house. I would have a whole laundry in her in my house. I would have had a whole chef. I don't need to ask. So I'm waiting for that before I am complete. Child of God! You are complete in Christ. You don't understand that. You are complete in Christ. Let me speak to some people here who are thinking. I think after saying this, I'll leave it and take action. Until you understand that Christ, is, Christ in me is my complete completion. You will never be able to take a serious prayer life serious. All those people who are saying, I have not prayed long enough, so I'm not complete. I'm waiting for 40 days fast. Then I will be there and know I'm there. Have you seen how much of a struggle one day fast is to you? I haven't done this. I haven't done that. The devil would always make you feel that you haven't pushed too hard. You haven't worked so hard. You haven't been forward. And so on and so forth. And so, you never feel you are good. You're complete. Oh my goodness. How many of us were in church on Friday? Shut it. I'm a good man. Don't allow him to deceive you. Your completeness in Christ is an act of faith from his love. 
And it is only when the child of God knows that Christ lives in me. Fullness divine fills me. Then the child of God says, no, I can't let this be in me empty and not utilize it. If the fullness divine is in me, then I should be able to bring something out. I should be able to do something. That is why you see the child. God must come out of me. God must not be trapped in me. I must express God. I must give God out. I must demonstrate God. I must. They know there's something on the inside of them. They carry something. And so they have to work it out. They have to work it out. They have to work it out. If you don't understand and come to believe, I am complete in him. All those rituals you want to perform to feel complete will not make you complete. The new creation life believes in praying, believes in fasting, believes in working the word. But you are complete to do these things. Your completeness is in Christ Jesus. Is in Christ Jesus. And that is where your sure defense is. Your sure defense, that is where it is. You believe what you carry, declare it. I am complete in Christ. With all the fullness of God. I am complete in Christ. With all the fullness of God. Everything divine is a resident in me. And I want to get you to understand that in the same body, in the same body, did you hear that? In the same body, turn at somebody, tell them you may not believe in my body. But it is the same place that God is housed. Watch this body very well. You are going to see awesome things. In the next few minutes, I want the children of God in here. I'll deal with three things this morning. Three things this morning. There's been the outpouring Paul, the outpour out of the fullness of God into the life of his children.
Calvary. agenda for the universe hallelujah 